millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to They Walk Among Us a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. This is the 18th in a series of bonus episodes. This episode contains distressing themes and descriptions of sexual violence. This podcast is intended for a mature audience. Listener caution is advised. They Walk Among Us is part of the Acast Creator Network. The Jesus Army, also known as the Jesus Fellowship Church, was established in 1969 by Pastor Noel Stanton. It was part of the British New Church movement, which promised its followers warm brotherhood, loving care, and unity. However, behind the facade of kindness and compassion, the movement held a disturbing secret. Jesus Christ, who is Lord, now we baptize you. Jesus. Lord, we surrender our voices to you and then surrender the middle part of you especially the genitals thank god here are my many 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 sins but god so there's no financial exploitation or no other other form of exploitation people joining us can join us with a real sense of safety but now we give our genitals Towards the end of the 1960s, 
The Jesus Army movement began in a modest Baptist chapel in Bugbrook, Northamptonshire. It was led by Noel Stanton, a firebrand preacher and part-time pastor at Bugbrook Baptist Church. Despite the fact that Stanton was not qualified by the Baptist Union as a full-time minister, that's what he eventually became. In 1969, Stanton claimed he underwent a mystical experience, what he described as being filled with the Holy Spirit. Afterwards, members of the congregation began to speak in tongues, and Pastor Stanton formed an offshoot movement, the Jesus Army. Under the leadership of Stanton, the congregation grew rapidly. At its peak, it had more than 3,000 members. Bugbrook became a mecca for Christians, who flocked to the area to hear Stanton's sermons. The minute I heard him preach, I knew he spoke the truth, recollected one early follower of the Jesus Army. According to Stanton, the moral decline of Britain was accelerating, and the Jesus Army was formed for the purpose of fighting the evil spreading through society. The movement touted itself as a crusading Christian organisation that wanted to save others from an eternity in hell. Followers were certain that God did not want to change the world, but instead create a new one with a spiritual centre being the Jesus Army. Converts to the movement believed that visions and miracles happened in everyday life and were adamant that the Holy Spirit could cure ailments of any kind. They would spend much of their time recruiting, travelling throughout Britain on a double-decker promotional bus, along with marquees and portable lavatories. They wore blue and green combat-style jackets, with the logos emblazoned on the back and the words Love, Power and Sacrifice or Jesus Army, We Fight for You. To let people know of their recruitment meetings, adverts were placed in local newspapers, encouraging the community to come if they wanted to see and experience. In addition to Pastor Noel Stanton, there were elders, and these elders would preach en masse as they tried to entice new members to join. During the recruitment meetings, curious onlookers would be subjected to gruelling lectures about hell and how Jesus was the saviour. Hell was described in great detail as a place filled with pain and evil, replete with murderers. A large red cross would be hoisted onto the stage in homage to the crucifixion of Jesus. Members were ordered in front of the audience to confess to all their misdeeds. Some would pass out as their leader, Noel Stanton, implored the Holy Spirit to move inside them. The spectacle was always followed by strobe lighting, loud music and frantic dancing. An article in the independent newspaper likened the Jesus Army meetings to the Book of Revelations, crossed with the children from fame. The recruitment methods were considered heavy-handed, 
the Jesus army focused their efforts on people who were disenchanted with their lives, people on the fringes of society, struggling with homelessness and addiction. As one member Dewey Button said to the Mertha Express, These people are really following God. They love the unlovable, the drug addict, and outcasts of society. In 1986, the Jesus Army broke away from the Baptist Union and Evangelical Alliance. Local churches accused the followers of being far too isolated and independent. This meant that the Jesus Army were now an authoritarian organisation and unsupervised by any higher authority. As the number of members increased, Pastor Stanton set up a segregated commune on the outskirts of Northampton. It was a large Victorian building set against rolling fields. Stanton named the commune the New Creation Christian Community. According to their leader, he had felt a calling to establish a community that was akin to the early Christian church. Members of the Jesus Army lived and worked together in the commune, which was purchased after all covenanted members combined their possessions and income. A member could become covenanted after two years in the organisation. They were required to sign over all their worldly possessions and were not guaranteed to get them back if they ever decided to leave. At the New Creation Christian Community, members were ordered to work on the farm, tending to livestock and growing vegetables. The movement continued to expand, and communes would spring up in various locations across Britain, but predominantly in the Midlands. The buildings range from large hostel-like complexes to smaller properties. At the communes, followers would share their clothing, possessions and money. The House of Goodness group was then established, which sold farm goods, health food and building supplies, bringing in around £15 million annually by 1989. That same year, there were already 60 Jesus Army communes throughout Britain, where members lived and worked under the leadership of Pastor Noel Stanton. All of the workers got the same wage, but this wage was not allowed to be spent on themselves. It was put into the common purses of whichever commune they lived in. Several days a week, Followers attended church meetings where they would listen to Stanton preach, often in tongues and for hours at a time. The following became so large that they needed to rent out halls for the meetings. When a member joined the Jesus Army, they relinquished their names and were given a new one, one more virtuous. Men were called Rockfast or Able while women had names such as Pure Heart or Glowing. On the weekends, the Jesus Army focused on locations with a large homeless population, areas to be targeted for hard-sell missionary work. 
with an offer of a place to stay and a warm meal. People would climb aboard the Jesus Army bus and be taken to the commune, the new creation Christian community. At the commune, men were led to the farmhouse, while women were escorted to the sisters' cottage. Men and women were always segregated, and celibacy was the most highly regarded state in the Jesus Army. After the weekend, some prospective followers left, while others chose to be baptised into the Jesus Army, where they lived as a permanent member. The women wore long, flowing skirts and were instructed that, quote, women don't lead men. It was, according to the organisation, up to a man to make a decision, not a woman. As one follower, Janet Butler, said, I believe that all people should be living equally and that men should take the lead with women moving in submission. The Jesus Army adhered to this belief so fervently that followers held Men Alive meetings, during which they preached how a man's role in both the church and the family was to lead. Women were barred from those gatherings, and unlike men at the Jesus Army, they could not become leaders, only senior sisters. A statement of beliefs read in part, As women we accept the headship of godly men. This is not a question of equality, but of social and spiritual role. In today's society the roles have become blurred. Men often wear the penny whilst women go out to work. Sadly, this is sometimes necessitated by unemployment and financial pressure, but it's not God's perfect way. God wants men to be men and women to be women. It makes sense, really. He created us male and female. He should know what's best for us. In addition to focusing recruitment efforts on people on the fringes of society, the Jesus Army would flock to the campuses of Britain. This was a common tactic among fringe religious and esoteric groups who take advantage of the vulnerability of students in a new environment with minimal responsibilities. As the Jesus Army rose... They were marked by harsh criticism, some of which came from MP Michael Morris. Morris urged people to think twice before joining. There were a handful of vocal detractors who accused the movement of being a cult, brainwashing young people, tearing them away from their families. The accusations had been borne out of the information provided by former members of the organisation, members who became disenchanted and fled. Peter Reevely had been a follower for three years and had lived in one of the communes. Evely accused the Jesus Army of being a multi-million pound operation that used its members for cheap labour and manipulated every aspect of their life. Since the Jesus Army had focused their recruitment efforts on those considered socially marginalised, the vast majority of followers were unemployed. 
As a result, they were forced to do what was described as voluntary farm labour. This was enforced and was a condition of residence at the commune. This led to accusations that the religious group were offering saviour to a vulnerable constituency who had very little choice in the matter. For those who had a job, they were ordered to hand over a portion of their income to the movement, as well as their life savings. Pastor Noel Stanton was described as a guru-like leader, and the members came to treat his words as infallible. Members believed that if you disobeyed their leader, then you were disobeying Christ. They were not allowed televisions, magazines, games or radios in the commune. They were also forbidden from listening to secular music or reading secular books. Followers were also banned from having luxuries, such as alcohol, coffee and tobacco. Personal items were prohibited. Members at the commune were forbidden to attend social activities and romantic relationships were not allowed. Followers could not wear makeup or choose their own clothing, instead having communal attire. Jesus Army leaders regarded Christmas and Easter as demonic festivals, and members were not allowed to participate in either. As for birthdays, they were replaced with honouring days. Those who came with their husband or wife were ordered to sleep in single beds, as their relationships were considered potentially unhealthy. Many married couples came to the commune with their children. All members of the family were ordered to attend all church meetings regardless of age. There were a minimum of four per week, and they lasted for between two to four hours. One former member, a man named James who was gay, had been thrown out of his parents' home. They disapproved of his sexuality, and James found himself on the streets, struggling to survive. He went to one of the Jesus Army communes in Acton, West London, where he was told his sexuality could be changed through prayer. James informed them that this was not the case, that he was gay, that he always had been and always would be. He was then taken upstairs, where James was forced to undergo an exorcism. He would later tell a reporter for the independent newspaper, a guy stood either side of me and kept pressing my chest and said, breathe quickly and deeply. It was just to make me hyperventilate. They were speaking in tongues. I don't know what it was or how they did it, and they said the reason I was unhappy was because I had evil spirits in me. One bloke kept asking me what my fantasies were. It was as if he was getting off on it. It was just ridiculous, but it was really painful as well. They kept saying I'd got to change or I'd be all alone in the world or tell me these graphic images of how I'd burn in hell, that these big doors would close and lock me in forever.
Children that grew up in the movement were not allowed to form relationships with other youngsters outside. They were indoctrinated, and if they did not meet the expectations of the leaders, then they were kicked out as soon as they turned 18. Former member Peter Evely would say, Noel Stanton constantly emphasises and reiterates his belief that anyone who is so disobedient as to break his life covenant with the community must be judged by God as a covenant breaker. When new members joined the commune, they were made to pledge that they would not leave. This promise was even attested to by the younger followers and they were ordered to pledge that even if the person closest to them left, they would not leave. According to another member who fled, he had clashed with Pastor Stanton, who then turned everybody against him. Stanton and other followers then tried to convince the former member that he was possessed by demons. Eventually he fled to Denmark, but was tracked down by the Jesus army and told that he had the heart of Judas Iscariot and was under God's judgment. Character assassination was common, especially if a member challenged leadership or expressed a desire to leave. As rumours regarding abuse of power were swirling throughout the media, journalists began to report on suspicious deaths of Jesus Army followers over the preceding years. In January 1977, 26-year-old David Hooper was found dead in a field in Bugbrook, Northamptonshire. It was a bitterly cold winter morning, and yet he was wearing nothing other than a pair of trousers. Beside his body lay his shirt, socks and plimsolls. Hooper had recently got into an altercation with his family when he told them a couple of weeks beforehand that he was not spending Christmas with them. Instead, he was spending that time with the Jesus Army. Hooper had been staying at the Jesus Fellowship Church Hostel, which was established before the main commune, located near where his body was found. His cause of death was exposure, and it was ruled accidental. However, when the media began to report on the mysterious death all those years later, it was revealed that Hooper had been considering leaving the hostel and breaking away from the Jesus Army. Two years after David Hooper's body was discovered, 19-year-old Stephen Orchard was also found dead under mysterious circumstances. Orchard was a popular member of the Jesus Army, having joined four years earlier with his family. As rumour has it, much like Hooper, Orchard had also considered leaving. He had told a friend that he needed to talk to him about something, to get it clear in his mind. However, Orchard would be dead before he even got the chance to speak with his friend. On the evening of February 27, 1978, Orchard pulled on his Wellington boots and left the Jesus Army headquarters in Bugbrook. He was never seen alive again. 
His body was discovered on a train track less than a mile away. An inquest into his death returned an open verdict, but his injuries were consistent with him lying down on the track before being decapitated by an oncoming train. According to the coroner at the time, Michael Colcutt, the circumstances surrounding Orchard's death were far from straightforward. Later, it was discovered that the police had lost the files relating to the inquiry. Then in June 1986, Mohammed Majid, another follower of the Jesus Army, was found dead in the commune farm well. His clothes were recovered nearby. He had allegedly told a fellow member that he was going for a swim in the underground well. Majid's death was ruled accidental, but Coroner Colcutt said, This is not the first time I have held an inquest on members of this religious cult, wherein circumstances have been bizarre to say the least. As details of the inner workings of the Jesus Army were released by the media, the movement found their requests for planned rallies and meetings being increasingly turned down by various councils throughout Britain and they also became targets. A 1986 article in the Birmingham Daily News was headlined Church Victim of Thug Attack. It detailed how followers of the Jesus Army were attacked in Birmingham during their two-week Jesus People Marquee mission, which was intended to recruit more members. They had set up a marquee in Selly Oak Park, somebody had cut the marquee ropes and covered it with graffiti. The attack had come a year after an individual threw a firebomb inside a Jesus Army marquee. The controversies did little to stop the movement. In fact, the accusations were touched upon in the literature followers handed out at their meetings. It read, No, it's not a cult exploiting the weak nor is there some get-rich-quick guru boss, nor is it a colony of freaks, nor are the children deprived. That's just the media trying to make money by feeding a bit of hysteria to their bored customers. Let's live as community. The early Christians did. Disciples, yes. Holy standards, yes. Growing together in holy love, yes. Loyal members and elders contended that nothing nefarious was going on at any of the Jesus Army communes. Instead, they argued that they were doing nothing more than making a genuine attempt at living according to the Scriptures. As the accusations grew, the Jesus Army were met by objection during their outreach missions. Periodically, as the movement's bus rolled up, Homeless people who once flocked towards them would now scatter. There were still a few who would climb aboard, desperate for a place where they would be protected from the bleak British weather, if even just for the weekend. The Jesus Army fought to save their reputation, hitting back against the accusations. 
They asserted that they help thousands of homeless people by offering them, quote, an experience of God, a family, and a cause to fight for. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. For years, there had been accusations surrounding the cult-like activities of the Jesus Army. And in 1997... The News of the World did an expose that was bolstered by sworn testimonies of former followers. Irene Clark was born into the Jesus Army after her parents became members. She was taught that television and toys were sinful, and so was pop music. She lived in the commune with her family and other members, ordered to read the Bible for hours each day. When Irene turned 13 years old, she was taken into her quarters by one of the Jesus Army elders, Edwin Jindu. At the time, everybody else was at outreach. 
Rene recalled. He took me by the hand and said, I've got something to show you. I just followed him. Then he started to kiss me and tried to undo my blouse and bra. Rene explained that she hit him and ran into the bathroom, locking the door behind her. She prayed to God that Jindu would stop, but he did not. Rene said, The Jesus army promised us heaven on earth. For me, it turned out to be hell. Over the course of the next two years, Rene was sexually abused by the Jesus army elder. She could not tell anybody of the abuse, quote, because women are simply seen as second-class citizens to cook and clean up after the men. It was when Irene turned 18 years old that she escaped from the Jesus Army and sought justice. Edwin Jindu was arrested and charged with three counts of indecent assault. He was ordered to stand trial and was convicted on two of the charges in April 1997. Rene had suffered in silence, but she was not the only one. Her brother James Clark recollected how he was punch-kicked, head-butted and sat on by elders in the Jesus Army. The ordeal had frightened him so much that he wanted to report it to the police, but he was told that he should forgive and forget. He recalled, was also groped by one of the new recruits who'd been picked off the streets. Nobody checked his background, but he was put in the same room as me. Dawn Ward had become a follower of the Jesus Army with her mother after her parents divorced. She told a reporter for the News of the World that each summer, when she went to a Jesus Army commune, she was abused. Dawn was taken somewhere secluded and on an area of grassland was molested by one of the elders. Dawn informed her mother and one of the other elders. She was told that the matter would be dealt with, but she should forgive and forget. Dawn eventually left when she was a teenager. She had fallen in love with someone from outside the movement and was ordered to leave. While the expose opened the eyes of many to the disturbing mechanics of the Jesus Army, it continued to grow. But as it continued to expand, it was hit with more scandal. In 1999, a member was convicted of unlawful sexual intercourse with a young girl. In 2000, a member was convicted of eight indecent assaults on a young boy. In 2001, a member was convicted of manslaughter after preparing a syringe of heroin and handing it to a man who ultimately had an overdose. In 2002, a member was convicted of breaking into a woman's home and raping her. And in 2004, a member was convicted of child cruelty after beating a child with a bamboo baton as he believed they were possessed.
Pastor Noel Stanton would remain the leader of the Jesus Army until 2009, when he passed away at the age of 82. In a true testament to the movement's power, over 2,000 people lined the streets of Northampton to pay homage to their leader. His successor would be Mick Haynes, who later said that under Stanton's ministry, he found a, quote, rekindling of the Holy Spirit, life and gifts, and released into effective ministry. It would not be until 2015, when the shroud of secrecy surrounding the Jesus Army was lifted for good, following the announcement that Northamptonshire police were finally investigating the series of allegations from former members. The claims were referred to the police by the then leadership of the Jesus Army. Leaders had appealed to any current or former members to come forward if they had been the victim of abuse. The current leader, Mick Haynes, said, we believe that openness and transparency is very important. In the aftermath, an investigation called Operation Lifeboat was launched to look into the historical sex offences at the Jesus Army. Detective Chief Inspector Ali White revealed that between 2013 and 2015, in addition to the sexual abuse complaints, there were a number of accusations of physical abuse from former members of the Jesus Army. According to several children who managed to escape, they were beaten by elders who were instructed to, quote, beat Adam, or sin, out of a child by the age of seven. Children were kept away from their biological parents and raised by all of the adults within the commune. These adults were given the freedom to discipline them however they saw fit. Often before the youngsters were beaten with a stick, cane or rod, they would be ordered to strip naked. They were then told to bend over and hold their ankles as they were struck. Detective Chief Inspector Rally White explained that the constabulary did not pursue these allegations of physical abuse because in the 1970s and 1980s, such corporal punishment was legal. As the inquiry was underway, current leader Mick Haynes appeared at the church's annual conference. He revealed that allegations had been made against former leader Noel Stanton, the founder of the Jesus Army. Haynes said before hundreds of members, The apostolic group of the Jesus Fellowship Church have in recent months, from December 2016, received new allegations from members of our church concerning Noel Stanton senior pastor between 1957 and 2009. The allegations are of financial abuse of individuals and spiritual and sexual abuse. We are not in receipt of all the facts, but we are seeking to move forward in bringing in a new culture that is distinct from the past. We have taken these allegations very seriously. 
As presented, they indicate serious character faults. Among the former members to come forward was Philippa Muller. She was a young girl when her parents sold everything they owned and joined the Jesus Army in the 1980s. They took up residence in one of the communal homes, Shalom. Philippa said that the regime led by Pastor Stanton was strict and that if rules were broken, there would be consequences. Philippa disclosed how on one occasion she scribbled crude drawings on a piece of paper and when they were discovered, she was taken into a room where an elder cast demons from her. As a teenager, Philippa had also witnessed somebody being molested by an elder. Many former members who were victims of abuse would call for a full public inquiry to give a voice to all of the survivors of the Jesus Army. This inquiry was launched in 2017. While former members had come forward earlier regarding the sexual and physical abuse within the Jesus Army, the inquest would reveal many more. Survivors all detailed a life rife with fear, trauma and abuse, both at the hands of elders and other members within the movement. When she was a teenager, one former member, Rose, was sexually abused by an elder. Still, when she informed the church of what had happened, they blamed her, saying that she was a temptress who had corrupted male members. Another former member, Ben, detailed how he was sexually abused by a male member of the Jesus Army when he was just six years old. He recollected, The memories afterwards are all isolation. I withdrew myself as a child, and I had no friends in particular. Ben later found out that his siblings had suffered similar experiences with one of his brothers being raped. There were a handful of former members who described how it was common for adults to enter children's bedrooms as they undressed, watch them bathe, or go to the toilet. Those who were not sexually abused were the victims of sexual exposure. The public inquiry would also find that over the years, five surviving elders of the Jesus Army had effectively colluded with sex offenders throughout the handling of complaints. There was found to be a culture of blaming victims and reinstating disgraced leaders. One specific example was given. By the leader's failure to act, they allowed a convicted paedophile to continue in his role as an elder. There were further complaints against this unidentified man. He, quote, "...remained a risk within a community household until 2016." when social services threatened to take action. Hundreds of former members of the Jesus Army would come forward with horrific details of abuse. In 2019, 
The Truth Project conducted a study which found that children who suffered sexual attacks were less likely to file a report if the crimes were perpetrated in a religious institution. The study was part of the independent inquiry. It drew upon the experiences of 183 individuals who had been abused as children, either in religious institutions or by church staff or clergy in some other settings. Survivors cited shame and guilt as reasons behind not coming forward. One of the victims revealed that they had been a member of the Jesus Army. A survivor said that her parents were brainwashed and she had been sexually abused by two older boys that were members. She also explained that younger children being sexually abused by older children was a common occurrence at the Jesus Army communes. The survivors all said that the secrecy within religious institutions and an assumption of morality of the perpetrators is what led to sexual abuse survivors not coming forward. In order for sexual abuse within religious institutions to stop, this needs to change. In total, seven people associated with the Jesus Army would be convicted of child sex offences. Still, it was revealed that a total of 43 members were linked to reports of historic sexual and physical abuse. Clifford Brett was convicted of sexually abusing two young boys at Jesus Army communes and was handed a five-year sentence. Nigel Perkins was convicted on three counts of indecent assault and two counts of gross indecency with a child under the age of 14. Perkins received a three-year sentence and was ordered to be on the sex offender register for the rest of his life. Carl Skinner was convicted on three counts of indecent assault on a male and received a suspended sentence. Alan Carter was convicted of indecent assault on a boy and received a three-year sentence. Mike Hemmingsley was convicted of indecent assault and received a suspended sentence. Douglas Whitlock was convicted of sexual assault on a girl and received a suspended sentence and Paul Chalmers was convicted of indecent assault on a boy and received a suspended sentence. So where are we now? The abuse scandal tarnished the reputation of the Jesus Army once and for all. Former dedicated members were quickly cutting off all ties with the movement. In 2019, the leadership voted to revoke the church's constitution and the church dissolved. In a statement, a spokesperson, Lawrence Cooper, said, The national leadership team and the members of the Jesus Fellowship Church recognise that over a sustained period of time, there have been faults and failures in the church that have had a profound impact on many people's lives. 
We are deeply sorry for and appalled by the abuse that has taken place within the Jesus Fellowship Church, the New Creation Christian Community, and offer our heartfelt sympathy and unreserved apology to all those affected. Children and vulnerable people were entitled to expect full protection from harm. We acknowledge the pain many of those people continue to feel. As things have become clearer to us, we are grieved and deeply troubled. The Jesus Army does not exist today. The remaining congregation forms small independent churches. Around 180 of those people still live in the communal houses once occupied by the Jesus Army. Thank you for listening, and special thanks to our Patreon supporters. For more information on this episode, please see the show notes or visit our website, theywalkamonguspodcast.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.